Let's pray. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, you existed in the beginning and have created all things. You are very great, and as the psalmist said, O Lord, how manifold are your works. May your glory endure forever. You're a personal God who keeps your promises, and you are mighty to save. We thank you for we are flawed and we all fall short of your perfect standards. Too often we fail to live up to our call of discipleship and we're easily distracted from things of this world which never last. We're drawn to the luster of new technology at the expense of time spent in fellowship. We're fixated by our social media feeds and often more concerned about our likes and our followers online than by how much time we spend reading your word and feeding off it. And we are far too often drawn to the pleasures of this earth, which are fleeting and never fully satisfy, rather than daily fixing our eyes on your love, which endures forever, and coming to you in prayer without ceasing. Forgive us, we pray. You give life to us all, and you created us not just to have a life of quiet contemplation, rather you commissioned us to do your work and obey your commands. You've commanded us to make disciples of all nations, and you've equipped us with your spirit to fight the good fight of faith. Enable us in our imperfect states to do your work and give us a passion to live notably different lives, we pray. Push us out of our comfort zones and refresh our passion for sharing you with those we know, love, and meet daily. In a region where culture plays such an important role in our society and infiltrates how we socialize, dictates what is socially acceptable, and prescribes how we should treat people of different backgrounds, help us to be different and treat others with love as we like to be treated. Enable us to shine before others so that they may see your good works and your glory. Give us the courage to make a stand for you. And when we do so and do not see immediate change, help us not to become disheartened as we know not your timing. Thank you for placing us in different schools, universities, homes, places of work and retirement. But also, Father, thank you that you've given us a diverse range of interests, hobbies and talents. The harvest is plentiful and your workers are few. Yet help us realize and work out our own mission fields, and may our conversations be seasoned with grace so that may, we may know how to answer or account for you to everyone. May our normal interactions with others bear witness to Jesus, and may you give us the boldness and courage to speak about our involvement at church and our personal relationship with Christ as we would our other passions. Enable us to seek to influence our culture for you, through politics and the arts. May we regularly pray for our brothers and sisters in the public eye, working in difficult and demanding settings, particularly for those in our assembly who have been hindered from engaging in their regular elected responsibilities due to party politics. When key terms such as diversity, equality, and rights are demanded, may all aspects of what and who those areas encompass be considered. May we not grow dim to the rights of unborn children, those hindered by disabilities, and those who undergo daily sexual and racial, racial harassment. Give us compassion and grant our leaders wisdom and courage to work for the greater good rather than a selfish ambition. In a world that's all about me, help us make it all about you. Thank you, Father, for organizations working hard to enable Christians share their faith in settings of everyday culture. We pray particularly for Christians in sport, whose mission it is to enable sports people everywhere to have the opportunity to hear about the good news of Jesus. From those in the touchlines, in the stands, and on the pitch, 
May Jesus' name be shared. We particularly lift up those working with students, encouraging them to boldly make a stand for you at such a pivotal time in their lives. We also pray for our own Russell Bowers, providing support to those involved in elite sport throughout Northern Ireland, along with Alan McCluggage, the Christians and Sports staff worker based at our neighbouring village church. May this evening be a time of reflection on what it means to hear the call of your kingdom. And may your will be done as we go out from here into another week of our regular routine. In our busyness, help us to find time to spend with you. Help us to cast our anchor into the haven of your word. Give us peace, strength, and ultimate hope and happiness. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, we've been talking about uh, this time of the year. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Do you know the chorus? Um, the gunpowder, treason and plot, Guy Fox and his companions did the scheme contrive to blow the king and parliament all up alive. But by God's providence, him they catch with a dark lantern lighting a match. As a matter of interest, how many of you watched the BBC programme Gunpowder? Wasn't it horrendous? I mean, it really was uh, gruesome. And those were the events of uh, 1605. Terribly graphic. Um, But I suppose uh, uh, they were gruesome days. And as I was thinking about uh, this evening uh, and our divided society, I couldn't help but wonder what uh, Protestants or Catholics of Guy Fawkes' day made of Jesus' words, which we've thought about already this evening in the Sermon on the Mount. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. What did uh, the Catholics and Protestants of 1605 make of the Sermon on the Mount? And what difference, if any, did it make in their decisions? Let your light shine before other people so that they may see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. Now, I know that the American concept of Halloween has largely eclipsed Guy Fawkes' night. But we may well ask, what impact do those words of Jesus have on our Halloween celebrations? And what difference does the life and witness of Christ's church impact our contemporary context, which seems to embrace the darkness of Halloween with ever more great enthusiasm and gusto every year? And in our fractured and fragile Northern Irish society, how do those particular words of Jesus make any actual impression on other people. It was John Stott who once said, we should not ask what is wrong with the world. That diagnosis has already been given. Rather, we should ask what has happened to our salt and light. Do we want to do as Rick Hill suggests on the DVD, we might react and despair and escape from society. Is that what we want to do? Uh, seeking to live cocooned lives within the safety 
and the security of our own cosseted bubble? Or do we, with a sense of hopelessness at the magnitude of the cultural, countercultural ask of Jesus, simply to capitulate and meekly embrace the culture that is all around us? Or do we, in fact, as Christian people, with God's help, seek to work hard at engaging with our society? And like salt, do what we can to stop the rot of our corrupt and decaying world. And like light, not be afraid to shine in the darkness as God-filled, Christ-like, Holy Spirit-inspired alternatives for others to see and so be pointed to Jesus and inspired by him. Christoph, uh, our neighboring minister in Kirkpatrick, was right in the video where he said, Christ never asks us to do anything that he himself, as the light of the world, was not already doing. And as his disciples, as his apprentices, that is those who are filled with the same Holy Spirit of God as he was, are called to live light-fueled lives. And in the process, whether we realize it or not, making a difference, dispelling darkness, exposing evil, and showing and leading others the way of life. Now, sometimes, of course, Christian people, ourselves included, successfully hide our lights under a bowl but very often Christian people have absolutely no awareness just how significant their life and witness is in fact having the huge difference it is in fact making to family members, to neighbors, to people in the workplace and the rest of society. And we need to pray for one another, don't we, during Monday through to Saturday at work and also for our congregation's life and witness assault and light in this community in which we're privileged to be. And we need to pray for, and Rob has already done this very helpfully uh, for us in our prayers tonight. We need to be praying for the culture movers and shakers of society. Christian people engaged in politics, in broadcasting, in media, in business, in education. It's not easy. It's inordinately difficult. But that's our calling. One of the things that both encouraged and humbled me during this past year was meeting Christian people seriously engaged in society, living spirit-filled lives in order to create a culture of hope and joy and positivity. And, and Claire and I visited one school located in one of the most tense and deprived uh, loyalist districts of this city where drug abuse is endemic. And it's a major achievement if a child manages to get to school at all, let alone flourish. And when we walked through the front doors from chaos outside, there was such a sense of calm and peace and creativity. It was almost tangible. It was like an illustration of Genesis chapter 1. You know, when chaos is changed to order. It was lovely. Now, that didn't just happen. That was the result of intentional determination of the principle, 
not to let their school be engulfed by the darkness of their immediate context, but for the light of Christ to make a difference within the environs of the school, making it a safe place uh, where the children were happy to learn and it was wonderful to experience. During this past summer, you know, uh, PCI held a special conference on the subject of discipleship, and that's why we're looking at uh, this uh, theme these Sunday nights. And one of the speakers, Ray Ortland from the United States, was the speaker. And he was addressing this subject of culture. He was challenging us to think about the message that we proclaim within the context in which we proclaim it. And as an American, he showed us this slide. Thank you. That's a deeply shocking image from the 1920s, uh, taken in Portland, Oregon, of the robed and hooded Ku Klux Klan uh, white supremacist, supremacist members under the banner of Jesus Saves. Now, now what, what message has been given here? What's the preeminent message? If anybody supposes it is Jesus Saves, that is well and truly negated by the presence of the hooded men. In fact, it is a blasphemy against the gospel because it is using words of the gospel to exclude rather than embrace. It's using the name of Jesus to bless racism, sectarianism, and division. We would never do that, would we? Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. If the salt loses its saltiness, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Those are Jesus' words, not mine. In the same way, he continues, let your light shine before people that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Presbyterian Church in Ireland, of which we're part, is exercised about the culture in which we live and move and have our being. And for that reason, the church under the convenership of the Reverend Stephen Johnson in Kilkeel has produced a statement as a timely word for our day and generation. And uh, this is how it reads. You've been given, I think, the wee card. Did you get the card as you came in to church tonight? If you don't have it, they are available Outside Now, we're not going to read from the card because it's a little bit diff difficult, but I wonder if we could just read this together. And as, as we're reading, say, does this resonate with me as well? Okay? We, members of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, saved by grace and called by God to grace-filled relationships in the power of the Holy Spirit as ambassadors of Christ's kingdom in a broken and divided world, believe that the good news of Jesus Christ challenges and equips us to develop radically new attitudes and relationships with our neighbors throughout the whole of Ireland. 
we confess our failure to live as biblically faithful Christian peace builders and to promote the counterculture of Jesus in a society where cultures clash. Accordingly, we affirm Christian peace building to be part of Christian discipleship and reassert the church's calling to pursue a peaceful and just society in our day. We seek a more reconciled community at peace with each other where friend and foe working together for the common good can experience healing and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Is that something that resonates with you? Is that something that you, along with me, would be prepared to contemplate and pray over and let the Holy Spirit guide us and our congregation here in Bloomfield to live as salt and light in this community. And if it is, please accept that little card as a gift to take away and make your own. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the day we prayed that we would not despair and escape from society. The day we prayed we would not capitulate and embrace the culture of our society, being no different from it. But the day with God's help we prayed we would engage with society and live as salt and light. So may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest, remain, and abide with you this night and forevermore. Amen.